welcome to the podcast. I am here with Miss Nina. Okay, and it's Cherie or yeah, it's Cherie. Cherie, okay, and she is a nutritional coach. Okay, so we are gonna learn all these tips that we need, especially <laughs> ladies. Okay, all the tips that we need to, you know, get ourselves together or back on track, <laughs> or even just motivation to, you know, understand a little bit of why we are, you know, we may experience some of the things we're experiencing. And how to um, overcome them. So I found her on um, Instagram. And so can you just tell the people, you know, give them a quick little introduction and then mm-hmm. tell them your um, Instagram, you know. Okay. Okay. So again, I am Nina Cherie Franklin. Um, I am. So I'm going to nutrition is part of it, but I'm actually a healthy living coach. So it encompasses yes everything you know holistically i usually tell people when they say what do you do i say well you know i help people um when they're in a lifestyle rut or i help the people who help the people who are in lifestyle ruts and so professionally i uh, offer personalized individual and group coaching and wellness programs i consider my programs um let's say empathy led, I consider them evidence-based and I consider them equity driven. So I really, really love what I do and I love helping people. So my Instagram handle is NC Franklin PhD. And that's pretty much my handle for everything. Okay, Okay, that's good, that's good. Okay, um, so just tell me a little bit about yourself. You're from Chicago. Yes, I am originally from Chicago, uh, yes. Chicago South Side, the Inglewood community. <laughs> you have two children. Uh, yes, yes, I do. Two children, two boys, a uh, 13-year-old and a 14-month-old. Um, <laughs> that comes with an interesting story in and of itself, but literally, I love being a mother to boys. Uh, my husband's, uh, I'm, I'm from Chicago, we came here from Chicago. My husband's originally from Minnesota, so I have family there as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's pretty much it. Okay, sounds good. Sounds (laughs) good. So, your husband, he... Was he grew up in Chicago? Or? So he grew up. So he he was born and raised. Pretty, well, let's say he was born mm-hmm. in Minnesota, raised some of everywhere. He was one of those kids that oh, moved okay. around a lot. Okay. Um, but he ended up back in Minnesota. He went to FAMU, hence his love for the South. Uh, yeah. So what <laughs> happened, uh, that comes with the story of, I think, ever since we got married, mm-hmm. he's been trying to get me to move to Atlanta. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That yeah. Makes sense. So I originally had a, a career in academia. I, I taught at University of Illinois. I've done research here as well, University of Illinois, Chicago. And so I was like, oh, I can't leave. I'm, I'm, I teach here. Yeah. And so when I decided to transition out and, you know, do independent consulting and coaching, he was just like, yeah, what's holding you here now? Because mm-hmm. he was actually traveling back and forth mm-hmm. from Atlanta because he's a consultant. Yeah. And so... He was traveling back forth to Atlanta at one point in time. I think I came here in like, yeah, I came here in November. Okay. And it was like 80 degrees. Yeah. And I was like, uh, so you want to move in January? And yeah. we literally packed up. I'm telling you, it's nothing like it. <laughs> it's nothing There's like There's nothing weather. like this. And this weather, I, I would say of all months in Atlanta, the fall has, I mean, comparison to being uh, up north in Chicago, yes. the fall will get you here. 
Yes, because I've been to Chicago in the summer, <laughs> and it was like a cold morning, yeah, windy yeah. morning, and I was like, what? Chicago is very, very bipolar. It, yeah. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I don't think you all deserve summer until July, yeah, and then I'm going to cut it off in September. Yeah. And then that's it. And then that's the, those are the only warm months you'll have. So it is so bipolar. Yes. That's <laughs> crazy. So that's great. So you know you're in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question because you did say you do. You offer group. Yes. Um, Consulting. Like, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? And what would that be? So, basically, the way I coach in general, it's very personalized. When I say personalized, it's... I don't have rules for Mm -hmm. anybody. You make your own rules, and I guide you along the way. Okay. So, it's a very individualized, personal experience when it's done individually. But I found over the years that when it's done in groups... That social support system, especially when you have common goals, so all of you may want to lose weight, or all of you may be wanting to find work-life balance, or you might be trying to even find just quick ways to uh, eat healthy. If you have common goals, and especially if you have friends, family members, colleagues, Mm -hmm. I find that group coaching is way more honestly beneficial than individual coaching, because just a lot of people need that social support. And I found that that that's really common with women. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense because yeah. I was thinking group because you didn't say family, so I'm like, it's a group. Family too, yeah. Could it be like a group of girlfriends? Absolutely. Like, okay, so that's I love it. those. So lately, it's funny. Well, it's not. It's it's natural since COVID. <laughs> I've been coaching a lot of families. Okay. And oh, I it love makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love coaching because it goes so many in so many different directions. I've had situations where. I clean people's cabinet. They, Can you just come over and clean up our kitchen? I've mm-hmm. done that. It, I really, and that's why I said, I, I take, I come where you want me to go. Okay. And because my background is very multifaceted, like I, my degree is in uh, exercise science slash kinesiology, nutrition, and rehabilitation. So mm-hmm. whether it's a healthy living from a nutritional standpoint, exercise standpoint, or even a rehabilitation standpoint, I cover that all. I love families because really, a lot of times in most traditional families, the mother is kind of there. People won't listen to the mother sometimes, but when someone comes in there as that extra person, they'll start listening to mom a little better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. when it comes to those girlfriends, I've really even found with my own girl circle that someone has to guide, someone has to initiate the process of girls being better. I'll give you an example. I met my closest group of friends. We called ourselves Moonshine Moms because of the way we met. Uh It's a long story. I won't go into that. But at one point in time, because they know what I do, they're like, "Um, we want to be better, Nina. And you're supposed to make us better. I said, well, we got to start by not centering our trips around drinks. Thank you. And yes, and, and yes, if you that's, all want that's step one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you all want to make us better, we're gonna have to start doing more creative things. And mm-hmm. you gotta let me let us do it. Yeah. And what ultimately happened is for the next friend's birthday, we did a healthy eating cooking class. Okay. I took the lead on that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like coaching girlfriends. Did you really, post that on IG? I did. I, <laughs> I, saw that. Okay. I did, I did with my uh one of my a best friend's birthday. But yes, and it was so much fun because, well, it, it's it's weird because I was sitting there like, you all did, I told you that, I, but it was for coming from someone else. Yes. It was hilarious how yes. it changed. Because I, I, really I had to tell them everything. Yeah. Yes. Like, you will say a hundred times, yes. like, you know, you need to start using this exactly. more and then all they need is this 
cooking class. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I cooked that for you. Look, yeah. I did that for you, but it's just like that experience. That's good. Yeah. So I, I really, I really um appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like um what you said about sometimes it takes somebody other than somebody who's actually in the group. Yes. Whether that's a family or whether yes. it's a friend group. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes someone else on the outside to so it seems like you kind of do a little bit of therapy too, don't I you? Do. Well, coaching in and of itself it's, yeah. is a behavioral change. It there's it's more behavioral behavioral change science to coaching than it is really coaching itself. Right. And it's interesting because I sometimes look back, you know, when we reflect, and I was like, oh, I should have done psychology, but I'm like, no, I shouldn't. If I should have done what I did, what, yeah. Uh, but one of the things I enjoy about coaching is, although I'm not a mental health professional. I'm able to really tap into that person's mind a little bit more mm-hmm. to really feel, figure out. I, I call it almost like a SWOT analysis of their mind, you know, okay. a SWOT analysis of them. You know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where, okay. What things can we improve? Those would be, you know, opportunities. And, you know, and we go from there. So what, um, I may be jumping, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it goes into this. So what, what made you go from academia uh-huh to coaching yeah it's a good question mm-hmm. <laughs> um so what happened is i love academia it's my home my background i really wasn't raised to go this route this was something that really just happened i actually had a business before coaching was even called coaching okay <laughs> i had a business uh, fresh out of my undergrad years because i've been doing this for a long time now and I had a lot of clients. I actually took what, took what I call a pay cut to go and get my graduate degrees because mm-hmm. I had a huge clientele base. Mm-hmm. And I really liked helping people. But one of my things was sometimes at that time, I would get frustrated because my clients, I would want it more for them than they did. Oh, and yeah. I would it, I would get frustrated. So like, was it the same business? It was similar? It was similar, but I would say it's more fitness-based. Okay. Because then my credentials were just strictly fitness. like more like yeah. exercise okay. science. That makes and sense. And I was a personal trainer. And I'm also a clinical massage therapist. So I had a very, um, I used to get, I used to get very athletic people. Or I would get people who needed like more rehabilitation because of that skill set I had. Yeah. And so when I went to academia um, to, to work on my graduate or my PhD, that's when I, I would say I got more into the science of why everything happened because it was largely physiology based. Uh-huh. So now what I have is, oh, this is why that's happening. Oh, this is what food is doing. Oh. This is what food is doing at a cellular level. Okay. And so understanding that science was great. Mm-hmm. The problem was there was a lot of stuff and I can literally get into my own mental health. And it, a lot of this was the, it could have been the institution I was in, but I doubt it. What happens with an academic career is you get so wrapped up into the science you're working on that you really lose sight of the people you're supposedly helping. Yes. And what would happen is I would have studies going on. And I couldn't interact and engage with my participants because I was the researcher. Yeah. And so... It, it was interesting, and, and, and I say this because it's a good, it illustrates the point very well. When I conducted a study, and it was actually weight training, the effects of weight training on vascular function in women. Vascular was basically how your arteries yeah. function in response mm-hmm. to weight training. And I actually was kind of flagged because I had all of these 
black women participants. Mm-hmm. And they thought that I was selectively choosing participants because, you know, they were black. And mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do that. Everything's yeah. supposed to be random. But what happened is people would call and hear my voice when I called. And, the- and there was a relatability factor. <laughs> yes. And so I ended up with all these black women that in my makes study. Sense. And I was like, and, and then they would say, you know, when I showed them, the only reason I'm participating in this is because of you. Yeah, of Why course. are you doing this? Yes. You should be on the forefront. Oh, my goodness. I got that so much. That and and then, like I said, it was emotionally draining for me mm-hmm. that I was like, I need to do something different. And I actually was like, well, I got to find a way to really put this science and this knowledge with really helping people. Mm-hmm. And this niche niche did not come easy at all. I'm still figuring it out in many ways, but mm-hmm. I just had to carve out a path that allowed me to work with people. Um, and coaching just, it was a natural fit. Yeah. It was a very natural fit. There are tons of people who call themselves coaches. It's difficult, mm-hmm. you know, but again, I know what I know. I know what I do. I know my style is good. Mm-hmm. And that's really where that empathy factor, that evidence factor, and that yeah. equity factor came from. Because it's something that I tap into that's just a little different. I like to call it my own approach to wellness. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. Cause I, so on any given time when you were doing, um, you know, conducting research, mm-hmm. Like, how many participants would you have for one particular study? Well, Let's just give me, like, a random... My studies tended to be small because they were more piloted. So, pilot mm-hmm. studies are, like, the You're ones starting. that don't get really big. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I hate to say this, <laughs> sometimes I would end up with 40 and 50 and 60 people. Dropout would be high sometimes. It was another one because I didn't show up for mm-hmm. them. People were getting in studies expecting to see me a lot. Yeah. And they would end up seeing people who were working on the study. Yeah. And sometimes they would just drop out. So the study that I ended up getting, studies I ended up getting published were between 30 and 40 participants. And I'll add another factor to it. These were humans. Yes. One of the reasons humans are different than animals is because humans get uh, have to get up and exercise. And humans have to do what you asked them not to do and humans have to not get pregnant when you said you know we didn't want pregnant. that that happened that makes it or not. so much sense and so it's it was just a lot to control with humans yes. so the studies are definitely a lot harder to That's, conduct wow especially when they're not clinical trials yes. that are like handled in uh you know medical settings yeah so wow That's crazy. <laughs> okay that was just really interesting yeah That's it was it was it was interesting i tell people all the time like oh i ought to work with a mouse because it was, <laughs> you have to hear oh my baby daddy didn't come and get the baby yes. so I can't work out today oh. and it didn't help the situation that they were getting fat biopsies either oh, <laughs> so it was just yeah, to talk that's... them into a fat biopsy in a nice way <laughs> was mm-hmm. difficult <laughs> <laughs> I can just feel it. So yeah, uh uh-uh. But I understand what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I guess the question that I ask because you know, I do teach and I know I'm transitioning, but um it does do a lot to you mm-hmm. when you're dealing with results yes. from people yes. and you but people have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So if you hold on to a lot of mm-hmm. like I guess a lot of their issues and you do it's 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 one of the things i do for my own self-care and if you follow me you'll see that i talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. that's new 
I didn't take care of myself very good at mm-hmm. first. My relationship was not the best that, with wellness at first. I was very extreme. Okay. But um, I've gone through a lot of stuff in my own life that's allowed me to better relate to people. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, years and years of different experiences, you bring that to the coaching table. But one of the things I do, I, I have a couple of rules. One, I'm probably one of the only coaches that will fire my own clients. Okay. And because honestly, if we're getting to the point where I feel like we're not ready for each other, I would try to find another place for you. Okay, that makes and sense. And there's and that's for 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 both of us because every coach is not for the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, my coaching side, so I've been said reviews. People who have worked with me say, you know, come to her when you're kind of seriously ready. And usually, I have a pre-call where I kind of gauge where they are you can tell and i can and and i'll say you know what let's find out something else or do this first but i won't just take you for your money and that's Mm -hmm. one thing i pride myself on doing because my mental health is just important is yours for me to be there for you yeah and you know how hard you're gonna go exactly and i think that's that's so stopping it at the Mm -hmm. yeah stopping it in the beginning is very important exactly and some people don't unfortunately Fitness, wellness, the industry is just wrong in so many ways because mm-hmm. you just have so many people. No one person can give everybody everything they yes, need. Yes. That's why I think there needs to be a lot of coaches because mm-hmm. everyone cannot help everyone. Yes. And so one of the things with me, I love my clients because although I keep I keep them at a limit so that I can be there for them, but also recognizing that every person is different. Mm-hmm. I have to vet them in the beginning because if if the relationship, if I, and I see it early, if the relationship is not going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. And so. So it's no point in wasting each other's time. At all. Or your mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Because I'm not free. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, that's good. I feel like, um, self-care was one of the things we were going to talk mm-hmm. about because mm-hmm. I, you know, in our conversation earlier, it was, you know, when when it comes to women, like mm-hmm. the people who listen, a lot of them are moms. Yes. Um, you know, parents. Right. Uh, what else? Um, we have some college students that are listening. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the students. So a lot of people get wrapped up, especially like in college. Yes. You yes. Get wrapped absolutely. Up with oh my God, this paper's due, that mm-hmm. paper's due. Mm-hmm. You know, you have so much going on. I got to yes. go to work. And then even with moms, right. same thing. Exactly, like, exactly. What tips, like I, I think what you said about firing your clients, like if people <laughs> have that opportunity to do, like if you work for yourself and you have the opportunity to cut something off. Right. Even if you, when it comes to friends, yes. I think that's yes. important too. Oh yes, absolutely. So what other, like what self-care tips would you give? It's funny you should say that because, and this is, this is such a true story, but yesterday I was uh, sitting down. I always do these meditation, kind of meditations every day when I wake up and I was sitting down and I said, oh my goodness, it's, I think, let me see how many days into New Year's. And it was like 40. Mm-hmm. And I was already working on a blog, 40 Things I Learned at 40, because I just turned 40 in January. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to put 40 reflections. Mm-hmm. And these are they're very much related to mm-hmm. what you're saying. So I'm going to give you a sneak peek of some of them, because okay. I've already been working on it. But one of the ones for sure, believe it or not, these require... They sound like they require a little effort, but they require a lot. But rest. Okay. And yeah. sleep. Okay. Rest because most of the time, think of, 
I, I like to say this. A lot of our lives have been so chaotic that we get bored when we rest. That is so true. Because we're programmed to be chaotic. Mm-hmm. I know me personally, I thrive in chaos. And sometimes when I sit down and I'm like, even when I was married to my husband, my husband's the op- like he's the opposite of me, very calm. And sometimes I like pick an argument mm-hmm. because I, he's too calm. Somebody yeah. said this is too this is too smooth right now. Yeah, <laughs> you and know, it's quiet. Yes. you feel like you need to call somebody, right? Or and something. do some because the no. I have learned to love the noise. I mean, the silence. Excuse mm-hmm. me, that's the noise, the silence. I've learned to kind of be still. And even if you do that for twenty minutes, we say we don't have it. But sometimes I hear people say, I don't have that. But then they'll say, girl, did you see that show yesterday? You, you, yeah, you had, had it. That, you, you had, had it. 20 minutes. You just chose to watch TV with yours. And sometimes even that is a kind of a way that we deflect. Because when you listen to yourself, sometimes it you can get a little anxious yeah. when you listen to your thoughts. So that's, that's, think yeah, about it. That's very... That's very um, that's very true yeah. because so many times, like, that's why you'll have the TV on yes. or, you know, YouTube running. Yes. Like, it's always something to distract you because yes. once you're thinking about what you're thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, it can get overwhelming. It can. Yeah, It can. So you have to actually train yourself to, actually to learn do how that. to do that. Yes. Me, I was infamous before COVID and everything. I was infamous for going on staycations. I'm very introverted, believe it or not. I'm I am an introvert. I am comfortable in my own yeah. zone. I believe in um, vacations. <laughs> yeah, I am very much so. And so I would take these vacations and, and, and sometimes my sister friends would be like, Who are you going with? I'm like by myself. So you're going somewhere by yourself. Yep. Yes. I'm sitting in a little house by myself. Yep. For three days and I might not even leave. Yes. And people don't understand that, but I come back, but I always say by the time I pick up the phone and say, Hey, what you doing to my husband? It's time to come home. Yeah. See, I hate to cut you off, but I think that's so important. Yes, I it is. I think that is so important. It is. It's absolutely important. And, and here's the thing. When you think of postpartum depression and you think of people not being happy with their spouses, sometimes, have you taken a break? Have you just rested? And if you say, well, he won't let me, have you asked? Because one of the things that I do with my husband, he, he's intuitive. He'll be like, I don't even need to go somewhere. Because he sees what a difference that rest makes. And no, you can't do it in a house because someone no. is going to make noise. It's going to be dishes. And you look, you're going to look you're at gonna, this pile of laundry. Yes. And you're going to eat, immediately lose all relaxation. Exactly. It's like, it's a pile of laundry right exactly. here. Somebody got to do it. I got to do it. Who's going to do it? Exactly. And then you can't rest. Women aren't even programmed like that. We, we, we can't not. just. My husband can sit and watch a game in a pile of junk. Yeah, and it, it can be kids running in the yes, back, yes. doing flips and dip, right. and they still, oh, man, look at <laughs> I can't even pay attention to anything. No, when no, like, I can't. Uh, and, but, and it's just, it doesn't make them bad people. No, it's, it's just, just the, the wiring. Yeah. And I think if people learn that more, uh-huh. like, before they get in, like, relationships, like, like, these are the things yes. that you should learn in high school. Like, exactly. This, you should learn that men think differently mm-hmm. than women. Like, yeah. there's a wiring. It is. And so, I remember going to um, church, had my church year a few years ago uh-huh. well maybe more than a few now <laughs> like eight years ago had a, um it was like a girl ladies night mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. inside the church like a sleepover oh nice it was the best thing they, they haven't done it in a while but it was one of the best things ever oh nice and they had like it was like 
all the treats you want, like a great dinner, great oh, breakfast. I need that. A lot of coaching. Yeah. Like, where they had different speakers, mm-hmm. you break out in different mm-hmm. rooms. But I remember the one room I was in, it was so if you're married, you go in like these sections. If you're single, you go in these oh, sessions. I love it. And so one of the sessions that I had, the um our pastor's wife, she was speaking on um just kind of like self-care and what do you do? And she said every other Friday, because mm-hmm. she was a nurse yes. and, you know, obviously a preacher's wife mm-hmm. and, you know, mother. And so she said every other Friday mm-hmm. she would do a staycation. Yes. And she would leave Friday when she got off work mm-hmm. and not come back till Sunday night. I love it. And she said, I didn't care she said she had to learn this though. Yes. She didn't care how he dressed the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, she didn't care if it. he put the onesie on right. You know, <laughs> like she had to come to the conclusion that he's a dad. Mm-hmm. And he's going to figure it out. That's and right. he does it his way. That's right. And I'm not going to be worried and controlling. Mm-hmm. And she would do that. She said she did that for all since her kids were like babies and now they're grown. Wow. And so that time and I'm thinking that makes so and she said people used to say now she said people used to say in the church like why aren't you here why weren't you here on that weekend you yeah know? And she's like you I was gone was like unapologetic. that yes and yes. that's how you have to be yes you have to be unapologetic with your self-care I'm so glad you said it was that the wiring like we yeah are, because so many times we beat ourselves up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um yeah, that's that's that we beat ourselves up. Uh-huh. Now you were talking about your um we were talking about your husband and oh, he yeah. would leave and <laughs> Yeah, he would my husband would, you know, pack up and get ready to leave and it would be plastic like bags from the cleaners and a wire hanger. I hate wire hangers. And they would just be all over the floor and yeah. everywhere. And then he would leave, and instead of telling him how pissed off I am, I was just like, I can't stand this. You, I hate being married. You yes. know, and, was, yes. and all of this in my head. Yes. When Lord knows I, I love being married yeah. to him, but I would just hold these things in and just clean up and then just be mad the whole yeah. time he you was You would hold it in, yeah. Exactly. So one time I said, can you at least make an effort when you're about to leave? Just... Make an effort to not have me have to clean up after you and do everything else. Mm-hmm. So he didn't do it like I wanted him to do it. Yeah. But he tried. Yeah. The bags would be in the garbage. He knows I hate wire hangers, so he put those in the trash outside. Yeah. And you know, just so that little yeah, yeah, that little difference. But we have to talk. Yeah, and so many times we don't talk. We don't. We hold so much we hold so much in. I actually was you know, after I, I had a lot of stuff going on. It was um I I told you before that I had challenges with pregnancy and I also um, had my, you know, my career was stressful and I actually went into a real depression, Mm -hmm. like a real depression. So was that before your kids? This was after, after, so this was my my oldest son. He, I had six miscarriages in between. Mm -hmm. Oh, in between the oldest and the the baby. Okay. So the, 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 after like miscarriage number three, I was losing Yeah, you it. was done. Yeah, And I Mentally. didn't feel like anyone understood it. And even my husband looking back, he didn't really know how to handle me then. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm sure. And he was just like, I, I, I'm sad too, but not her sad. You know, he didn't really know what to do. And so I would just be mad at everybody mm-hmm. because no one was really there for me. And so I would turn to work and just stay busy. Mm-hmm. I would just stay busy. And eventually, again, holding everything in, 
I remember <laughs> it was something so small. And I'm digressing a little bit just because I think That's okay. it needs to be said. But I had so much going on. And I just felt like if I didn't say anything, more layers would be added to it. Honey, can you do this? Honey, can you get that? Mm -hmm. Honey. And one time, I think I made some chili. Okay. And they got their chili and it was stains of chili on the stove. I said, I'm so sick of this family. There's chili on the stove. Yes. And I just, it just, you blew up. You <laughs> and he was it. looking like it's just it chili. was just chili. But it wasn't just and chili. And it wasn't chili. It was everything that I was going through. And I, at one point, I had, luckily, I had a friend circle, and I said, I need to tell someone, because mm -hmm. I was actually, which is another problem with women, I didn't want to tell anybody, because I was the strong one. Yep. Yep. They <laughs> and, look at you like you got it all together. Exactly. You should, you know, I didn't know you were hurting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, I was the strong one. I didn't have anybody to talk to, and that's when I sought out therapy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Change your life. Therapy is awesome. Therapy is amazing. <laughs> and it's so hard to get people to, once they try it, though, if they have the right one, oh, yeah. it's a wrap. It was awesome. I mean, I used to go every Monday, I remember, and I would be sitting in the car like, therapy. therapy. <laughs> I love that. Because I, I knew I could talk to her about everything. Yes, with no judgment. No judgment, no nothing. It was a purely judgment-free zone. And it's interesting cause I, because I had three more miscarriages after that, and the reaction to them was totally different okay. because of the therapy I had. Not, not I didn't, you know, it didn't make it any sense sad less yeah. sad but i was able to process what happened and really know that this was not my fault because yeah. i was internalizing you everything. were taking everything in exactly man yeah that that's that's that's, that's <laughs> a, those are a bunch of clips right there. Like, <laughs> therapy is great like and, and i want to touch on postpartum depression because yes. i know i had really really bad hmm. um with one child mm -hmm. like my youngest is nine, mm -hmm. and I could have sworn I, I had that postpartum oh, for five wow. years. Like, it was, like, because wow. it led to other, like, just yes. in a bad state. Right. And I just remember um, people, um, I was watching, me and my husband, we were watching a show, Insecure, mm -hmm. Issa Rae Inse um, Insecure, mm -hmm. and the one of the characters, her name is Tiffany. <laughs> she, uh -oh. I know, right? She had recently had a baby and she just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And the husband was panicking. He called, you know, mm -hmm. all the friends like, we got to find her. Long story short, they did their like investigation. They found she was at the favorite restaurant that they go to for drinks. Aww. They found she was at the hotel, like not too far. Yeah. They saw she didn't take an Uber. She took the bus and they were like, whoa, if she's taking the bus, this is bad. Mm. But when they found her in the hotel, she just looked a mess. And I'm so glad they put that in there. Right. The postpartum. They normalized it. For black women. Yes. Because so many times it's so, like, nobody believes it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not at all. Like, if you haven't had kids, you don't believe it. No, you If don't. you are a man, most times you don't believe it. And it's like, even the old school grandmas don't mm -mm. really believe it. They're like, just have that baby, keep it moving. Right. We wear that like a badge of honor. Mm hmm We wear that stress. And we wear everything like, oh, no, that's because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. No. 
<laughs> no. Mm-hmm. And and I don't care who you are. Everyone needs a, a break of some yes. sort. And I, I, I'd even say, I remember growing up, my mother, it, it, she did so much. Goodness. I never saw her sit down. Mm-hmm. And my mother would do this. It's almost like she instilled it in us. I remember Saturdays, I would sit back and do, you know, you've been working at school all day. And I wasn't a lazy kid. She didn't let us be that way. Mm-hmm. And Saturday, she would be up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Clean up and clean up. You're not going to sit here if I'm doing this. And she mm-hmm. would just like, the idea of us sitting down and doing nothing was, was just unheard of. Yeah. And the idea of her sitting down and doing nothing was unheard of. So it was almost like she was angry with us. for Because we have it good when we're younger. We know take a break. I'm going to sit down and do nothing. We had it all down when we were younger, but my mother didn't let me do that. So honestly, I didn't do it at all. I That's never I did. Say. That had to be hard because, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, cause even, even for me, like my mom would sit and chill sometimes, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, she worked all yeah. day. Mm-hmm. She'd come home and have to, you know, cook, clean and all that yep. stuff. And it's like, in my mind, I feel like just, it seems normal that you have to do everything you, all the time. It just that's just the way it but is. But everybody isn't like that. No. And you and, go and see other people and you're like <laughs> What's wrong with and you judge. Yeah, you're like, what's wrong with what you I judge what's like wrong you, my household. Right. <laughs> but it's not my household, it's me because yes, I've been trained to exactly. feel like I have to be superwoman. And we and that's just the way we are. I remember I had a girlfriend who um, I worked with her and she was like, oh, she didn't do her laundry. She had laundry service. She didn't clean her house. Now, personally, I'm sorry. I still can't do that because it's therapeutic for me to clean. It's weird. Yeah, I like I fo- understand what you're saying. I like some folding people, some clothes Some people get that, that relaxation yeah, from doing it's, it. It's, uh, that, I, I can't cause, because they won't do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people do but, <laughs> but what I do is I set aside days to do that. Yeah. I set us out side cleaning days. I set aside, you know, things like that. And even to this day, I still kind of feel guilty about it. But it feels so good to do nothing sometimes. I, I did that yesterday. Oh, yesterday, did yesterday, I didn't do anything. Sundays are your do nothing days because yeah. you posted one time like it was I think it was November first. It was probably another you, Sunday, and you were like, "Yeah, because that was Sunday." Yeah, or I, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, because my birthday was on Monday. Yep. Oh, happy, you, happy belated birthday! Thank you. Because <laughs> you said today. I forgot what it was, but it was yeah. like today I'm doing absolutely nothing, right? zero. And I'm and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? That's yeah. Right. Sometimes you have to have those, and you have to be unapologetic. unapologetic. I love that. Yeah, I, I'll shower, but and I do that. You got to shower first because you mess around. Not even do that if you lay around long enough. Yeah, you. But just I'm be- just I all get up, shower. But I might shower and put on some clothes that I don't mind getting a little wrinkled because yeah. I'm going to be a vegetable mm-hmm. today. So I'll move around, but I it's the day where I lean on my husband. I'm like, hey, I he has food in here for my 14 month. I was like, I want to see him. I love mm-hmm. him, but I want to see him today. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to see because he's always pulling on me. You know, and even just the and fact... he's going to keep energy, he, but you're not. Exactly. Like. <laughs> and so sometimes you just have to do it. I will say that COVID, us kind of all being at home, has made it difficult. But my husband knows my 13-year-old is like, oh, mommy's having that mommy time. You know, and sometimes my husband will even go somewhere and come back with flowers because he knows I love flowers. So I can smell those while I have my mommy time by myself. Mm-hmm. And even now... Having that time and and having a husband who I've talked to enough, I say, I hate to say it like that, but yes, 
he is well trained to deal with me right now. Yeah. Because honestly, I don't like that happy wife, happy life, but there's some, some I mean, it's some in, truth yeah. to it. Because if you're, if, if the woman is the head of the house, is the domestic head of the household, Good, yeah. and she's not happy, you got to bet you, yeah, your dinner is not going to be well. food is in Stuff made. that's supposed to be sweet and salty. Stuff, <laughs> you yeah. know, and appointments you're going to have a problem. Like, exactly. not made at all. Just exactly. Right. And you know what's interesting, you know, that you said that? My husband said, I knew something was wrong. When there were piles of clothes on the floor. When I was depressed. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to do anything. 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 And I am an A-type. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. I didn't want to do anything but lay down. Mm -hmm. And I have never been like that in my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Even, I even look at myself versus my first pregnancy with this pregnancy. This second pregnancy because I've gone through therapy. Because I understand better. On how to be. I sometimes say maybe it was meant for me to have those losses and have go through that because I don't believe anything happens by accident. I just don't. No, I don't and I believe that I had to go through all of that to one, appreciate how wonderful pregnancy actually really is. Like now it's a big deal. You see how hard it is to actually have a good, healthy pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I said, I am going to be happy with this pregnancy. Because I want, because I want a happy baby. I had a friend who said that I wanted a happy baby. So I was just, ha ha ha, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I just make, and I said, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Because I want a happy baby, but I relaxed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would just lay down and just enjoy being pregnant. You know, and we don't do, do that. that we don't anything. do that. I have four kids and I've never really done yeah. that. And I feel like, um, yeah. Like I always say, I make a little, joke at the house mm -hmm. that I'm going to have twins. I don't even think <laughs> twins run in our family, but I'll make the joke I'm going to have twins because like this time like, you know, or my last time, right. I'm like I, I want to get to enjoy yeah. being pregnant. Mm -hmm. I want to get to enjoy having that baby yes. without the stress involved exactly. of it's always in the back of my ah, I got to get this done. I got to get yes. this done. Oh, this, my life needs to be like this mm -hmm. before this baby comes. Mm -hmm. in. Yeah, and I, I it's it was the it was the most fun I ever had. I did I did, and by the time he was here, I didn't felt feel cheated. I didn't feel like anything was rushed. Mm -hmm. I was ready, legitimately mm -hmm. ready for him to get here because I enjoyed being pregnant. Mm -hmm. I my second pregnancy, was I totally knew it would be different. my last mm -hmm. because of what I've gone through, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, it's gonna be my last too. So I want to enjoy every moment of this. Mm -hmm. I I, I enjoy people coming up and. Even touching my belly. I was like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And it felt good mentally. To your postpartum, I think that's a part of it too. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you handle the pregnancy itself? Mm -hmm. How do you handle it when the baby is here? How much do you lean on the person who is here with you? Yeah. If you're a single mother, it makes it difficult, but ask for help. That was another self-care tip. That's mm -hmm. actually going to be the one today. Okay. I was going to post it today. But when you need help, ask for it. Why do we so ask hard. for help? That's so hard. Um, I tell a lot of people, like, once they have a baby or if they're about to have a baby, yes. I always tell, like, if it's their first, mm -hmm. I'm always like, look, you may get annoyed with yes. the grandparents mm -hmm. coming and the, Take it. the mother-in-laws, all that. Take the help. Take all the help you can get. Because <laughs> let me tell you, baby number two, ain't nobody coming. Uh-uh. Nobody uh -uh. showing up. <laughs> they're like, oh, we 
been there, done that. Right, so, exactly. I'm like, you need to take everything. When they That's bring right. those plates of food, take it. The, we don't care what it is, you eat it. That's right. Okay, let, me... let that family eat that because you are so... So, I don't know if it was moving to the South. <laughs> and because my, my, my babies are so far apart, I ended up... Uh, almost having a first pregnancy again yeah. because everybody treated him like yeah. it was my first baby yeah, again. And so I, re- I, I I laughed at one point because this did not happen to me in Chicago. And mainly oh, yeah. because my father, my parents had 12 grandkids by that time. So, and oh, I yeah. was the youngest. Yeah. And so, but with this one, I had him the day before I had a cesarean. I had my first cesarean. And one of my good friends who is a nurse practitioner, she was like, so we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep Ramsey. That's my oldest. And I was like, no, he's going to come to how she said, yeah. So we're going to pick up Ramsey. Yeah, we're not trying to hear that. You know, a day. and I was like, well, I don't want you to have to keep him the whole week. And she said, yeah, so we'll pick him up. Yeah, and then you'll relax. You know what <laughs> she said? And then you'll relax, right? And I was like, okay. She says, and you'll tell us when you want us to come to the hospital. And I was like, oh, okay. okay yeah. And and so then I get home and her husband shows up at our door, all his food. Mm-hmm. And he was like, she got dessert and stuff. This is last about three days. I said, oh. And then another friend said, hey, I want to give it some time. I got some food for you. I had so many cakes, dinners for days. Mm-hmm. I, I had so much food. Now me, I was like, I can't eat this. I actually was still thinking like a nutrition person. Yeah. I, at one point I said, Nina, breathe, still. What kind of cake is that? <laughs> yes, because, because you got to take care of yourself. You don't have balanced. time to. You can't think about what you're going to fix. Right. You yeah. can't. You just can't. And taking that and even saying, it's okay to have some cake. Mm-hmm. You, this this last, these are stressors that you just don't need. Yes. And when I tell you, I have not complained yet, still. And my son's 14 months. And I know that it was hard. But I didn't feel hard because mm-hmm. I just felt like I had support. People would say, you know, if you want to take a date, a lot of people say that. If you want to take a date night with your husband, go ahead. We'll take. Oh, okay, thank you. And you never do. I was like, hey, I'm gonna take you up on that date. Night. Yes, and we. And you're right. You, you never like in that that first child. You never do. You're like no. control freak. Yeah, like doing exactly. the most. I'm super mom. Yeah, you know? but, please. Yes. <laughs> I think Love has a commercial, and it always had me like just in tears laughing because it says first child I know you know the first baby and it's like you get these uh the babysitter you know all this everything is just super high end you don't want anybody to touch your child they said baby two they're like throwing it to the mechanic like here you go hold him real quick I think the funniest thing with that is today and this is goes in line with my A type it's kind of my A type and obsessive cleaning so my husband uh my, my son was playing I said I came out, I said, where's the baby? And he said, he's in the playroom. I was like, we don't have a playroom. And then I went in my family room mm-hmm. <laughs> and realized his toy, it's the playroom. This is the playroom. My first son? No. Mm-hmm. I was cleaning up. But my first son by two, he would be like, can I have a coaster? Because I was so extreme with cleaning with him. <laughs> this baby, I just rolling in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> rolling in the family room. I will take him and roll him on a seat. I'll have a conference call. Yeah. And I'm like, does someone have that you hear? Here, take this baby. Yeah, throw it here. <laughs> <laughs> because you just, and it feels so much better. It's freeing. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. That's crazy. That is so true, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow, yeah, because that, that difference. And then you're in, you know, like you say, you're in the South. Yeah. Things are just a little different. It's different. But I do... Um, Man, I mean, that's crazy. I just, I'm, I'm just thinking about like, yeah, people bringing the food, like, yeah, yeah. It's that's exactly how it is. It is. It's I just seriously. appreciate you saying that you were like this last pregnancy. You were, like, you know, um, appreciative and mm-hmm. purposeful mm-hmm. with Very. what you were doing. Yes. And um, as far as like even just carrying the baby, yes. it was purposeful. Yes. Making sure you're happy and yes. relaxed. Yeah. And, you know. That should, that's something else that should be, I feel like, you know, doctors don't tell you enough. They say, no. you know, try not to stress out, but it's not. They don't. I'll give you a perfect example. Everyone, because of what I do, would say, oh, you're probably eating perfect. Oh, yeah. you're probably. So with my first son, I had no morning sickness. It was, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And so to the point that I was like, am I pregnant? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not feeling what women talk about. This baby, all I could eat was ribeye steaks and breaded chicken sandwiches. Yeah. That's it. Mm. I had Chick-fil-A for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I want to try Chick-fil-A because I couldn't eat anything else. It was the weirdest thing. Everything, it went counter to the way I eat. Mm-hmm. I obsessed about it for one day. And then I said, I have to eat something. Yeah, you just got to And do so it. I'm going to eat it. And that's almost how I knew that this pregnancy was going to be different. Because yeah. I just I just let it be. Yeah. And I just kept saying, I'm so happy that I never wrote a blog about healthy eating during pregnancy. Yes, because you would have to take all that back. I would have to take it all back. And I'm so happy because whoever wrote that blog mm-hmm. never had a baby. Basically. That's <laughs> it. Because you know what? Eating, like... The the things that work for you when you're pregnant are the weirdest. Like, I was never <laughs> a dark meat chicken yeah. eater. Right. But when I was pregnant with my oldest, I I could not even touch a chicken breast or uh-huh. a chicken with yeah. anything white. I yeah. did not. Probably like, it was the blood. You never know. It's I don't know. But I blood. had to have, like, a dark meat. Yeah. And I was like, what? Your body is so amazing. And I say the blood for a reason. So that... The dark meat, that's why it's darker. It has more blood flow mm-hmm. in it. Wow. And my first pregnancy, I was vegan. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. I was perfect. vegan. Okay. And this is a funny story. I was very vegan. Okay. <laughs> and my in-laws came over, and it was Christmas. I didn't know I was pregnant. Uh-huh. It's around Christmas time, and I was making dinner. And I think partially because my dinner was a vegan soul food dinner. I think they were partly getting this Popeyes because they were trying to get prepared for the food I was making just in case it didn't taste good. But I made great vegan. Yes. And so they went and got a bucket of Popeyes. And they just sat in the kitchen while I was cooking and they were coming and getting it. And I'm cooking and I kid you not, something that Popeyes bucket was like, Nina, get over here. And I was like, that smells really good. And I looked at it and he was like, Nina. And I was like, I can't do that. I felt like that Martin episode back in the day when he was trying to eat healthy. (laughs) And so I took, I said, okay, just one. And I took a chicken leg. Same thing with you. I didn't really eat dark meat dark meat like that. I took a chicken leg and went in the bathroom. And went to town. And tore it up in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I came out, I said, oh gosh, (laughs) what's wrong with me? And you didn't know. And I didn't know I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant a week after New Year. Wow. And then that summer, I had never had my husband. He's like a masterful griller, smoker, yeah. and stuff. 
and he smokes like the best food. Grills like the best food. Now I know. And he was grilling lamb chops. It uh-huh. was in the spring. And I was like, give me one of those lamb chops. And he was like, you don't need this. And I said, that one. Right. And he was like, baby, this is not cooked. So it's the blood again? Yes. Oh, my God. It was like, I was like, that one, just that one. And he's like, let me cook this to rare because it's not cooked. Yeah. And you and like, I really want I, that And one. I never went vegan again because, honestly, I didn't think I needed to. Yeah. So, and it, <laughs> so what are like okay so since we're talking about veganism you know it's really popular now like yeah. everybody is on this vegan track you know or they're <clears throat> trying things like you know impossible burgers and this mm-hmm. and that so what what do you say about that kind of um living you know like healthy lifestyle ish so i'll tell you about my vegan journey it's actually okay. pretty interesting I, um, because of what I do and my background, Mm -hmm. I have tried every eating style you could possibly name. Okay. Name it, I've done it. Mm -hmm. Not because I wanted to lose weight, because I wanted to give honest opinions when my clients came to me. So one of the biggest things, it's, it's the biggest source of annoyance for me is when a person, a trainer or the trainer, a health professional, even a physician, tells someone to eat a certain way because it works for them. Or, you know, they say don't eat this way and they have never even tried it, you know, and I have this very simple philosophy that my clients have loved for the last 20 years. Yeah, that works. Well, what about this? That works too. They all work. Okay. They all work. I, instead of focusing on diets, Mm -hmm. I focus more on food. And if a food can do wonders for your body, if a food can serve as nourishment and really have a purpose, I promote the food. Okay, yes. If you prefer not to eat that food for your own reasons, don't eat it. There are no rules. Simple as that, yes. And so one of the issues even um, that I've had is, I'll specifically say, with the vegan lifestyle is it often comes with this judgmental factor. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to shame someone because we're eating this way? I'm so glad that works for you, but why do we have to shame others who don't adopt that sort of style? Mm -hmm. Now I was vegan for three years Mm -hmm. and the way it started was I started with the vegan lifestyle. I got used to cooking that way. And then it almost became like, why stop? And I just kept going. Mm-hmm. I never even called myself a vegan. I just ate that way. Mm-hmm. And people say, you're a vegan? I was like, no, I just eat like this. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> you know, just... even when I did, you know, uh, Atkins style diet, I was like, no, I'm just trying something different. Yeah. But I never claimed it. I don't even like the label. Yeah. Because you know what happens when you have a label? The minute you sneak a chicken leg in the in bathroom, the bathroom you get judged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were a vegan. Or the you minute know, you say, I want that bloody exactly. raw. <laughs> And I think, and, and it's a funny story because I hadn't ate pork since mm-hmm. I was probably like 22. Okay. Uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and about, I would say at that time, it was about 10 years later, I was, I was a big food blogger in Chicago. So I used to get invited to a lot of restaurant openings and that sort of thing. Okay. And they, I went to this natural, I was supposed to be a naturally, uh, you know, very organic farm fresh foods to table. Mm-hmm. And this would include pork. Yeah. 
Be, I mean, because it is a farm animal. They raised it well and mm-hmm. all the stuff that you're supposed to do. And they had a sandwich called a porky something something. I mean, I knew what was in this sandwich. Yeah. And a lot of times <laughs> when they put things on your plate, you don't, I, I just, I'm going to try it because you put it on my plate. Yeah. And the sandwich had ham, bacon, oh and it was God, another everything. pork. I, I don't remember the other pork, but it was ham, bacon, and I think it was a loin. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at the sandwich like, oh, ooh. I haven't eaten pork in a long time. And I said, but this sandwich really looks good. <laughs> and it smelled good. And I was like, why don't you eat pork? And I was like, oh, because I have a problem with pork. I always ate too much. That's mm-hmm. why I stopped eating it. Because mm-hmm. I always ate too much. I was yeah. a bacon fanatic ever since I was little. And I was like, I can't eat this bacon because I'll go back in there. And, I, and, and I'm talking to myself as I'm looking at this sandwich. I was like, no, you won't, you know. You just enjoy it for what it is. Yes. Just like you did when you were vegan. Yes. Enjoy it for what it is. And I took the sandwich and I cut it in half. Mm -hmm. And I took, I ate my half. I said, this is a great sandwich. Does anybody want this half? Mm -hmm. And that was the end of that. And you know what? To this day, if someone puts pork, beef, or anything else in my face, I don't say, I don't eat that. I say, huh. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. I'll just take a little bit or whatever. Because you know what? At the end of the day, my plate looks a whole lot better than most of the people who are vegans. You got that Every day. Yeah. Every day. Because my diet is about 80% plant-based anyway. Mm -hmm. I rarely just have a meat fest. Mm -hmm. I prefer. And so I say a lot of times, although I don't follow the vegan lifestyle now, I really embrace vegetables. Because I used to hate eating vegetables. I didn't say that. I embrace vegetable eating. I love legumes. I like anything plant-based, and I prefer it before anything else. So when someone comes and says, you know, it's kind of that extreme version of it, well, why do you eat that? Because I want to. I have leather bags. (laughs) Yes. I'm from Chicago. I have a mink coat. Mm -hmm. So if I'm vegan, I'm not full vegan. It doesn't make sense for me to be a vegan, especially when I think an occasional piece of bacon is good. Just tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to eat the whole pack. It just tastes good. That makes sense. And and, and uh, occasional burgers. Sometimes I don't want turkey. I want beef. Yeah. And that's what it is. Oh yeah. These are the things that make. This is not living unhealthy. It's living. Mm-hmm. Because the minute you say no, I love that. The minute you say no is the minute you want it. Mm-hmm. The minute you shun it is the minute you shame, feel shame yourself. You're causing your own stress. Even every year when people come and say, I'm going on this sugar talk detox. I'm not eating this, 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 that. What are you going to do after the month? You're going to binge eat on everything. So why did you do it in the first place? Mm-hmm. How about you just say, I'm going to gradually lower the sugar in my diet. Today, I'm going to eat, drink one less soda. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'm gonna eat one last piece of cake uh, the, of the kids candy, whatever yeah. the, the, the the small candy. <laughs> there are ways to do it and still live. I like what you say about the shame, like the um once you put that label on it, yes. and once you um you're stressing yourself out mm-hmm. with the because now you're creating shame. Yeah, for something like, like your own stress. Mm-hmm. You're your own stress for what? Do you, you, oh yeah. gosh, you did this. I quit. and then what do you do? I bet you, you do worse. Guess. You yeah. do worse. There you go. Because, down. oh, I quit. I just messed up. I'll start again next month. Yes. And yes. then, yes. because we have this extreme thing where we just feel like, I messed up. It's all ruined. That is probably, I would say, 60 to 70% of what I have to do as a coach first. 
So if you want to know what my average client looks like, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to eat this. Blah, blah, blah. I yeah. know I'm not supposed to do this. And I'm, you know, and then I said I'm not, I, I didn't say any of this. Yeah, keep you, going. You haven't said anything. <laughs> yeah, you're the coach. <laughs> you know, keep going. I, I haven't said, okay. Now, why aren't you eating that? Yeah. Well, because. <laughs> so do you, you go, you work with like, um, so say for instance, it's a group. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, let's say, um friend number one mm-hmm. she does very well with um i don't know give me an example like she may eat a high protein sort okay, of diet yeah, let's uh-huh. say and then there's the you know the little sister and uh-huh. she is she might eat everything yeah she, she <laughs> eats the everything okay and uh, yep. you know and then so like do, are you just looking for what particular food works well with that particular person so I let that particular person drive their own eating habits. Mm-hmm. You want to know the beautiful thing about nutrition science? It doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So you take what I've told you and you make it work for you. I'm having an intermittent fasting challenge. I finally committed to it. So I'm making an announcement now. Okay. I had wrote it down in a post and it was kind of masking there. But people yeah. who actually read my posts started inboxing me. I'm interested when you do it again. Oh, okay. So I said, if, if you're interested in inboxing me, then I ended up getting a lot of people inbox me. But I had one last year before. Uh, I got pregnant literally right after. <laughs> so I was going to have another one. And then I felt I was pregnant. But, um... Basically, the intermittent fasting lifestyle, I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically one of the reasons that it's embraced by a lot of people is there's an eating window and it's usually kind of people say, oh, you can eat everything. That's how it's usually kind of advertised, (laughs) but it's not quite like that, but it is kind of like that, but there's, it's not legit, Mm -hmm. not. Now, one of the things is when I had my challenge, I actually had uh, seminars included. There's four seminars. Everyone got a custom nutrition pack not even a nutrition pack it's more like an educational packet and based on the eating style so on the questionnaire i asked people what eating style worked best for you in the past what eating style would you prefer Mm -hmm. some people who were not vegans decided you know for this challenge i want to do vegan Mm -hmm. since i get recipes because i get recipes and everything so everyone chooses what What they want to be for this challenge my seminars are the same Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is taking their custom kind of packet and applying it to them. Mm-hmm. And I make it very easy. That's usually how I work in groups. So at the end of the day, a lot of people like it because some people say, I think I want to try that mm-hmm. based on hearing a little bit about that. There's benefits to all of this. You may have someone that's not eating dairy food, not because they just hate dairy, but they don't like the way it makes them feel. feel. I've had people say that about red meat. You know, I just don't like the way red meat makes me feel. That's yeah. fine too. I follow what's called a pescatarian diet for years. I love that one because most of the time I don't really have to eat red meat, but I married this man who's grills very good. Grill it makes master, it very yeah. difficult. So I don't say, oh, yeah, I just eat everything. But when he grows, I'm eating. But sometimes I don't want it. Yeah, you and don't, don't have to every time, I don't have but to. you will exactly. sometimes. So that, that exactly. makes sense. And so that flexibility, which now that has a name, too. Everything has a name. Now it's a flexitarian. Everything what? has a name. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand the labels. But, you know, if someone wants to use it, fine. Um, but mm. that kind of lifestyle makes it vi- just having the, the, the most difficult thing will be a coach who's biased to veganism. Yeah. Because what you're going to get, again, from that coach is, Their well, you know, meat is bad. Their, well, you yeah. know, this is that. I am open to every lifestyle. I have worked with some of 
everyone. Mm-hmm. I've worked with some eating restrictions that you couldn't imagine. I've worked with people who can eat anything processed. Mm-hmm. I've worked with people who only eat fast food. Mm-hmm. One of my prized clients to this day, a truck driver, mm-hmm. um, one would say he fits the pro. Well, he called himself that I did. And he called himself a redneck. Mm-hmm. I didn't call him that he did. Mm-hmm. And, um, he would say, I'm not eating this. I'm okay. not eating that. I drive trucks, so everything is at a rest stop. If it's not a rest stop, it's not going to be. Yeah. Only reason he was working with me is because he had a devastating diagnosis, and they he was he kind of pushed yeah. to me. And so when I was done with him, we had menus and options for every rest stop restaurant on his route. That's why you say... Because that's meeting him where he is. That's why you say it's, like, customized... Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't take and say, how Empathy dare you eat based. at a rest stop? All fast food is bad. I say, well, shoot, we, I guess we got some work to do. Yeah, we got to figure this out. And we figure it out. And that's like the way it. I operate. And I can operate. I have taken some of the most difficult. People see me sometimes and just think salad when they see me. Because I like them. <laughs> I just like them. That's just me. Yeah. But um, please, I, I have taken some of the most complicated of clients. I have taken children. Those mm-hmm. are the most difficult clients. I have taken some of everyone and really helped them shape their own journey. That's my goal. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. That's, that's yes. really good. <laughs> that's, that's really good. So, um, I guess, man, we touched a lot of stuff. Like, <laughs> And this is mostly everything that I really wanted to talk about. Well, I, but I do want to talk about, like, women's issues. Like, okay. I know you said you had miscarriages. Mm-hmm. I've had miscarriages. Mm. And, um... You know, I've even had, I even miscarried at five months and had oh. to deliver in the hospital. Oh, and that was just hmm. a hot mess. I'm sorry. I'm, oh. It was one of those things where, like you said, it was, um, you didn't know how to handle it. Mm. And then, like, with the men, like, you know, he was hurt, but, mm-hmm. you know, five months down the line, he's yes. still not, you know, in yeah. the bathroom crying about right. it, and I am. Yeah. So, yeah. it's one of those where it's women issues, like, I guess, like, reproductive health yes. issues is yeah. what I want to kind of touch on. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can just give us some insight about that. Mm-hmm. So, I would dare say, and and I will say I'm in no way uh, an expert Uh from a physician standpoint, but I have worked with a lot of women. Mm -hmm. I have personally experienced a lot of things as a woman. Um, And and it's interesting, my sister, so my first experience with this was my sister's story. My sister lost twins after the shower, after when everything was all safe, she's in the clear. She lost them at seven months. Um, Boy and a girl, dream twins. And they were beautiful. They were absolutely beautiful. We had a funeral for them and they were named mm-hmm. and everything. I named them. And when I tell you, looking back, we talk now because my sister just got to the point at almost 50 where she gets it. Like it clicks. She talks about it. Like, oh my gosh, we talk. She, li- I'm her coach now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I looked back at how she handled that. She never mourned. She never grieved. She never handled that mentally. And even after having my miscarriages, I said, I don't know what the hell my sister did and how she did this. Because Mm -hmm. that, having them physically holding them, you know, and knowing that the physicians were actually responsible for half of this. 
it was probably the worst feeling. Even at that, I was a teenager when it happened because we're nine years apart. So I was not even able to fully understand what she was going through Mm -hmm. until I actually went through it myself. Come to find out, my mother had two ectopic pregnancies between myself and my sister. Ectopic, is that when it's... It's a tubal pregnancy, yes. I had an ectopic. So my fifth was actually not a miscarriage, or excuse me, my fourth was actually not a miscarriage. It was an ectopic pregnancy. Okay. That experience was very traumatizing because I didn't even know I was pregnant. Like, when you go, you're thinking you're having a stomach ache and you find out you're pregnant. Oh, yeah, and you're losing it, too. Number four. Yeah. Go out. And no one, which which I found interesting, no one, no one ever really up to the first three suggested therapy. No one suggested anything. They were just kind of like, oh, it looks this like you're losing another baby. And, this is and that was it. I'll do you one better to tell you how psychologically messed up I was. I was launching a research study on my first miscarriage. My husband's grandmother passed away the mm-hmm. weekend I was ha- or her funeral was the weekend I was having the miscarriage. I did all of this like, okay, yeah, I'm just having a miscarriage, right? Yeah, well, you know, people do this. It was triplets too. And I literally what? went to work having the miscarriage. I said, I have to get this done because I have to... I set it up so it'll be okay for the week. So I went to work literally having the miscarriage. I said, I need you to get in my house. I need you to get in the car and drive me there because I need to be able to empty every so often. And he was looking at me like, are you crazy? And now that I think about it, I was on autopilot. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know what I was going through. I found out then that I had fibroids. And so this is why a lot of this was occurring. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a, it's just an interesting thing is I found out I had fibroids and at the point that I was going to therapy, the first thing my psychologist said was, we got to get those fibroids out of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that have to do? She says, because I can't even talk to you like this. I was very resistant. Mm-hmm. I said, what does this have to do with anything? And she said, the fibroids, they mess with your mental. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Black women have higher incidences of fibroids. Yes. There is, and I sure enough went to the literature because that's what I do, and there is a link in black women between mental, emotional health, and fibroids. I never knew that. No one even talks about it. Nobody talks about it. And there are links. Nobody has told me. So if you think about... I just really didn't know. I'll do you one better. Think about how fibroids seem new. Mm-hmm. Think, when do you discover you have them? Ultrasounds. When you're pregnant. This is when many women find out because oh, the hormones cause them to grow. Yes, you're right. So most women don't know they have them until they have a reason to have them. So here we go years later and find out, did our moms and grandmas, did them. they have them? They weren't getting ultrasounds. <sighs> did they have them? Who is this new? How long have these things been going on? Could this be linked to the angry black woman syndrome? Could this be linked to the superwoman black woman syndrome? Where are the linkages? I know. We have a whole different set of emotional issues, I think. And this is me just being a scientist who connects the dots. Yeah, just trying to connect the dots. This is hard. And and even I've worked with a lot of uh, clients who have um, PCOS. Now, what is that? So, basically, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. So... I hate to describe it like this, but it's almost like having uh, your hormones are on steroids. That sounds really crazy because mm-hmm. the steroid is a hormone. But 
they have issues with reproduction. They have issues. Some of them have thyroid issues connected to it. Mm-hmm. Um, weight loss becomes a problem. It's a hormonal, basically a hormonal conundrum. Okay. And to the point that every some of everything is going on in a woman's body and overactive. overactive. Yeah. So many women, one of the classic signs of PCOS is weight gain and really an inability to reproduce in a healthy way. And I work with a lot of women who have that and a lot of women who have fibroids. And really, we kind of, we don't really even investigate it or get to know it until we want to have kids. Yeah. Like most of us, when we can't have kids is when we go figure out what's wrong. Yeah. You think yeah. about that. Yeah. Or if something happens with your period. Or something happens. Exactly. And we don't. Then, yeah. then you go try to figure out what's wrong. But how many of us just say, I'm going to go to the doctor and figure out what's right or what's not wrong for yeah. no reason. Yeah. No, yeah. We, we don't hard. really do that. That was another thing. If you even said another wellness tip, I recommend for people to go get checked out for nothing. You know, yes. In many ways, the unfortunate part is our medical system is set up so weird Mm -hmm. that we can't do that yeah it's hard to do that it's hard to just say there's nothing going on and i want to get checked out yeah but i say and i've said this to a client sacrifice a hairdo Mm -hmm. and pay for it Mm -hmm. because it's better to know what's going on before something goes wrong that's right so even if your coverage does not necessarily cover prevention in that way even though you do have annuals which you should never miss Think about the things you spend your money on. As a woman, think about how many, like, if you let's say the visit was 150, which it won't be if you had insurance. If you had the lowest, if you had insurance, the most it's going to be is 150. And I know women who spend that much on beauty maintenance every month. Uh-huh. Think about that in terms of your health. We rarely, if ever, take care of ourselves. And I would say as people, this is not even a black thing anymore. We rarely take care of ourselves until something is wrong. And unfortunately, the something is wrong is oftentimes physical. Oh, I'm getting big. Mm-hmm. Oh, forget everything else. Yeah, <laughs> You're getting yeah. big. Who forget cares about what's happening. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, really, really checking in on yourself. Aside from you know, in addition to getting that rest, and in addition to getting sleep, that is probably one of the biggest factors to poor health. That's linked to poor health that we ignore. We wear sleep deprivation as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I could function off four hours of sleep. You know, yeah. I usually, I'm good when I do that. I had a person who I was actually going to do business with. And again, I told you what I do. I was going to do business with him. And he said, yeah, I'm always there for my clients 24-7. I said, how are you there for your clients 24-7? You have a wife and a child. Yeah. And he was like, I function on four hours of sleep. I said, you just told me that? I said, so I don't want to work with you because you just told me you don't even listen to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't even listen to me. No yeah. one functions on four hours of sleep. You think you're functioning on four hours of sleep, but your body is not telling you the same. And your body is not responding the same. So you, if you ever heard of uh, any of the diseases that kind of sl- sneak up on you, you know, hypertension is called a silent killer often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have diabetes, which pre-diabetes is very widespread. Now, that's just before you get diabetes, pre-hypertension too. All of these have linkages to sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. I always tell people you can lie to yourself, but you can't lie to your body. 
you can't tell your body that you're not stressed because that's yeah. how the body treats it. Yeah. You can't say, I'm not stressed. I was watching a commercial. I'm, you, I don't know if you've seen this. It's about shingles. I probably have. <laughs> and the commercial, you know, they say, I eat right. And it says, shingles doesn't care. And it yeah, was like, I've seen that. I, I love that commercial because <laughs> one of the reasons, you, you know, things that's linked to shingles is stress. Mm. And a lot of times we tend to I say, didn't know that. yes, yes, people. So my husband had a bout with shingles. Mm-hmm. And when he had that, Yep, he did. I was, oh, really? My, he was like 22, yeah, yeah, young, yeah, yeah, super young. But my husband had some huge stress at work. It was bad. I never knew that. It was bad. That explains everything. And he had a shingle. He he kept having this thing. I had this rash yeah. on my back. And a shit, again, that's not my area of expertise. And I'm kind of bad. I don't do that anymore because I used to be like, let's look at this medical dictionary. You don't have to go to the doctor. Yeah. But I don't do that anymore <laughs> because I'm not an MD. Yeah. And so, um, but he ended up getting a diagnosis of shingles. Uh, and then I thought down the line, that happened like since we've lived here. And I went down the line of everything that happened over the past four months. And the reason I like that commercial so much is because you can tell yourself that you eat right, you can eat kale, you can do yoga, but you can't lie to your body. If yes. you're stressed, your body knows you're stressed, even if you don't. Shingles doesn't so care. So shingles does nothing, not care how well cares. you eat. Yeah. If you are having a really bad bout, that's just one linkage. But if you're just if you're having a really bad bout with stress, it doesn't matter how good your behaviors are. Mm-hmm. It does not matter how good your risk profile is. Oh, I I do everything right. If you're stressed, your body will respond to it. So when I was going through my own little issues, I don't know if you read a blog I had talked about a diagnosis. I had a diagnosis of osteoarthritis. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time that I told you I was vegan, Mm -hmm. I also ran 60 miles a week. Okay. So I've been a runner for a long time. So for someone like me who was trying to get back into running after everything I've gone through with my son, getting a diagnosis like that. I was trying to act like I was cool, but I wasn't. But you were yeah, at all. And I went to the doctor. Now, this is, the, and I kept saying, I'm me. I had, my blood pressure was running high. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Take that again. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. You got to take that three times. And they kept coming out high on multiple readings. Oh, no. <laughs> me. And I kept saying, this is me. Yeah, I do. How this I do everything right. Yeah. And all I kept saying, and my husband joked and said, blood pressure doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Because really, I couldn't psych myself up into saying, you're not stressed and your blood pressure is not running high. You couldn't just calm nothing down. They could run it 10 times. And it it happened to be around the same time as all this stuff started happening with COVID. And I lost three major contracts. And I was like, I'm cool. I'll get it together. I still have... I wasn't cool. I all. wasn't cool. I couldn't run. And everything was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Simple way of saying exactly. it. Everything was bad. Exactly. And for the first time, I had to sit and listen to my own medicine. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have high blood pressure. Because it runs in my family, mm-hmm. too. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. I wouldn't cry. Like, yeah, I you took turned it there. into. You took it there. And I just had to sit down, coach myself out of the situation and to be honest Tiffany even if, accept the fact that if this is high in spite of what I do I might have to take that little pill Yeah. now 
lucky for me, I caught all that. Yeah. My blood pressure, I got checked out. I went to all the checkups. This yeah. is another thing. I didn't just leave and say it's high. They told me to come back a month later. Then it was three months later. And I yeah. kept going, okay, where, it is, where is it at? I monitored And I already day. know you're at home. Every every morning, twice a day. And so I, you know, I had my, I got my gold star at my last visit because they was like, I think you're doing good. They said, and you shed some weight. Oh, look at this. It's lower. You shed weight and you look great. I was like, ah, it's my coaching. Sometimes you got to coach yourself. Sometimes you have to coach yourself and chill out. Mm-hmm. And that was chill another out. thing I did. I was chilling out. I said, I cannot stress myself. My father died from a stroke. Yeah. He had no health problems whatsoever. My father was actually a caregiver to my mother, who is disabled. Mm, so that is true. And my father died first. Wow. Yes. And I saw your um one of your posts um where you were texting your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, mm-hmm. "What's that stuff you said?" Yes. And yes. that was so cute to me. It was I I keep that text message because that was um 2 years before he died. Mm-hmm. But my father used to um listen to whatever I said. Like if I said do it, he he would do it, but my father did despise western medicine. Mm-hmm. He just he you know what he said? He saw what it did to my mother. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Your mother follows all the rules. Look at her." And that's how he would be. And so what was, what was up with, so this is, this is a story that brings me to tears because my mother, um, was very active. My mother fit the profile of the typical party woman where I grew up. So she smoked, she drank, you know, she did it all, but by 40, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up gaining weight. A lot of people, when they stop smoking, they gain weight yeah. because you know you trade advice a for habit, advice. Yeah. And so she ended up, <laughs> she ended up having knee issues. Believe it or not, because she ex like she exercised a lot and she was on her feet a lot for work. She was a housekeeper at a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they in the midst of her having knee problems, she the at the hospital they ran over her foot with a traction bed. So she ended up becoming disabled and so she um kind of she was sedentary after that and still eating you know gaining weight and she ended up getting to a point that she wanted a knee replacement so she got talked into a knee replacement she was already overweight Mm -hmm. like all these things that happen they don't even allow you to get knee replacements at a certain size now Mm -hmm. they let my mother get one that wouldn't be allowed now because my mother had gotten very big and she ended up getting a knee replacement developing a staph infection Yes. No, okay, that's why your dad is like, that makes yes. so much sense. So they put her on steroid medication. She was diagnosed with diabetes mm-hmm. from long-time steroids. Mm-hmm. That's from her foot. So she was taking steroid medication, you know, injections for her foot mm-hmm. and ended up developing diabetes from long-term use. They regulate that now, too. Mm-hmm. They didn't regulate that as much then. Yeah. And so, long story short, my mom has um, congestive heart failure, type 2 diabetes, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. You know, she has so much going on. And really, my father is the one who's who is nursing her yeah. to health. And my father, because he had a very supportive personality, he was also taking care of the girl next door to him who was also disabled. Okay. And, you know, his problem, my mother's problems became his problems. Mm-hmm. The neighbor's problems. Exactly. Every event in the hospital. Plus, 
sometimes we have more maternal for our maternal things you know we go to our mothers we went to our father so our mm-hmm. father was like a very motherly, motherly father yeah. <laughs> so yeah he, so he took on a he lot took on everyone's parts. first thing we we're like daddy you know or daddy we went to him for everything mm. and so all of this coupled together my father had a stroke three months after my mother had an event that we thought was going to kill her Oh, and so then, that just, that stroke, yeah. he couldn't handle no. that stroke. And it's interesting because he had that stroke. I was the only one that could get him to take the pill because he had a hemorrhagic stroke. Mm-hmm. And that's more of a bleeder stroke. And he was like, are you going to pick me up some of that? Because he kept saying it. And I was like, I don't think it's going to work this time. Because what we talk a lot about holistic medicines and remedies as a healthy living coach, I work with a lot of people helping them take their meds because what's happened is it's one of the things I don't like when we sell people bills of goods of you being able to reverse diseases with healthy living. Now, healthy living can help you manage disease. But if you think you can reverse diabetes, I dare you go and eat something high sugar when you haven't and think mm-hmm. you reversed it. Yeah. In some cases, you're, you've put yourself in a state where medications are needed. Mm-hmm. Hypertension is one of those. And in my father's state, he was so high that even the healthiest, most rogue treatments just wouldn't help him. And so I get what you're saying yes. because it's like um, you can do health, like healthy living is great. Yes. And it can take away the issue. Yeah. But if you, like you said, if you eat that piece of cake. Yes. And you thought you got rid of your diabetes, yeah, you but did. you eat that piece of, you know. Yes triple chocolate yes. or whatever cake yes. then you're going to have an issue exactly so I, I like what you said so don't be so closed minded yes all the way around right just know that you can like I have a client um, a few clients gosh a few clients who've actually um, come to me and been taken off of hypertension medication mm-hmm. those were borderlines and very low mm-hmm. there's a certain stage where you have hypertension and you probably are going to be on that med yeah what I try to explain to people and from the time they come to me and say, I want to be cured for my diabetes because people are actually use these lang- these words. Yeah. I tell people, look at your health. And this is actually something established. You can look it up. It's a, a, kind of an illness wellness. Look at it as a diagram. Mm-hmm. So you have illness on one end. You mm-hmm. have wellness on the other end. And in the middle, you have kind of optimal, you know, an optimal state. The goal or or kind of a middle point, just a regular medium point where you're not sick, you're not completely at the highest level, but you're there. So when you're at the higher end, we call that high level wellness. That's what we're always aspiring to do. We're always aspiring to go from one end to the other. Now, if you think about illness, death, gravely ill being at one spectrum, high level wellness being at the other spectrum, just constantly trying to move to the other side. Now, if you think about it, you can be anywhere and always trying to move towards the other side. So if you think about it that way, you can understand why we divide prevention into three different categories. Primary prevention would be I don't have anything. Nothing is setting in. Nothing is everything is all good. Now I'm trying to prevent anything from happening. Secondary is I have the condition. It's with me. I'm trying to prevent it from getting worse. worse. Okay. And then you have tertiary prevention where Wait, I have tertiary, tertiary. Okay. So like three. Okay. I have a condition. I'm probably gravely ill. I'm going to try to slow the rate at which I die from it. 
Okay. Those are three forms of prevention. So they're all called prevention. So a lot of times I do presentations and people say, you know, what do you mean prevention? I already have diabetes. Mm-hmm. No, I say, no, we're trying to stop Preventing the diabetes from, from getting worse. Okay. You know, there's always an opportunity to prevent, no matter mm-hmm. where you are in that kind of On continuum that I'm okay. talking about. There's always an opportunity to prevent. And one of the most difficult things is telling a person who is in an illness state, which basically means you're on medication and all of that, you can still be better. You don't have to make it all or nothing and just say, oh, forget it, it's too late. You can be better at any stage. It's probably the most difficult thing to tell people that you can actually be at what's viewed as the worst state and still get better. better. Yeah. That makes sense because some people say, well, I've been diagnosed with this yes. and I got to take this for the rest of my life. Exactly. And oh, well, it oh, is well. what it exactly. is. Like, but I'm still going to yes. eat like this and do like this yes. and I'm not going to walk, you know, right. things like that. And it's just like they totally give in. And even even things like insulin, I know. I, I remember going to Tupelo, Mississippi. My family is from Tupelo, Mississippi, a lot of my family. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was there. It was hilarious because I was actually following vegan. <laughs> and I went there for a holiday. Mm-hmm. And I had like a bag of my own food and stuff. And it was probably the funniest experience looking back because they were looking at me <laughs> like I was an alien. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I remember there were all these cakes. That was a tempting day too. There were all these cakes and all this stuff, just pies and food and butter everything was just ugh. it was just a decadent table and my mother included uh my one of my third for my grandmother's cousin um who my grandmother who died at 59 her cousin and a bunch of other relatives they all ate and then they all took out their insulin shots and then they were like, yeah, my needle doesn't hurt. Oh, yeah, I got what you got. What child yeah, you got? And I just yeah. looked at them. And I just, because honestly, a lot of people ask me what drives me. And I, my family drives me a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I realize that I am built just like them. And I have the and same comfort, possibilities. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, and but one of the things is I actually had, speaking of family, I had a um, seminar session that I gave for a family. A big family, mm-hmm. huge family. And I came to their house and I had a whole set of things that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But then the whole talk ended up going to Sunday dinner and holidays mm-hmm. because they, 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 they love food. That was their thing. Sunday dinner and holidays. And so what I did simply, no lie, this is all I did. I kind of did it. Eat this versus that or, or no, eat okay. this. Not what you that. do uh-huh. no it wasn't even really that uh-huh. it was like because they kept saying i walk i exercise and mm-hmm. honestly you know if you looked at this family you would like think clumps like it was like that and so everybody's like but i exercise and i eat and i do this and they don't mind me sharing this story because they call themselves the clumps <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but what happened is they would, would I, I did the simple graph where i said if you eat you know, this amount of sweet potatoes, it's equivalent to a, this walk, this many hours of okay, walking. Okay, that makes sense. And I did that with just to show them how much you were doing over what you thought you were doing. Yeah, so walking a mile yeah, isn't is, is, anything compared yeah, no. to you just Now, it's good, yeah. but if you're saying you're canceling something out, no. Because I, I, you won't hear me really talking about calories. I like giving people visuals like that to really just, no, just... That's that. And this is that. And I did that for like, when I saw that they were really learning something, I was like, oh, I keep going. Here's some more yeah, of them. Because I got yeah. like probably about a hundred slides with those. Yeah. And so I kept going 
And then they were like, oh, gosh, we're all going to die. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> we're going to die. They were, it was hilarious. They were so much fun. But I loved it because I kind of let them start talking as a family. And I was just sitting back listening. What can we do, Grandma? And they yeah. just <laughs> and they started talking. But they said, what can we do? And so then I started saying how you can still have the Sunday foods, but just think about portioning it out and think about seconds and all of that. And I said, I got another trick that might be good to help you all start thinking about food. I said, why don't you all take a family walk? Mm -hmm. They were like, well, you said walking didn't do anything. And I told them something that they didn't know. So exercise and movement Mm -hmm. has insulin like effects. So in theory, and this is in theory, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of true. If you eat something sweet and you have diabetes, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to take your shot. Yeah. If you walk, you just took your shot. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. Exercise, the movement actually is insulin-like. Okay. So that makes sense. Yes. So if you, um, if we're on that continuum and we're trying to prevent. Yes. You know, having to to get on insulin. insulin. Yes. Yes. Then we can make a family decision that after dinner we will all go on a walk. On a walk, not to lose weight. Yeah, because a family walk. Exactly. Because what we've done, what the wellness industry has done, has making wellness very weight centric, food centric, and just very stuff centric yeah mind yoga classes and meat grasses you know not really focusing (laughs) on you know what so we move like medicine we eat like medicine Mm -hmm. you know this is all kind of medicine and we do these things not so we can lose weight and get in a dress we do this because the body is meant to do that the body is meant to move Mm -hmm. and food is meant to fuel now Mm -hmm. if you think like that usually Weight is a resi- weight loss is a residual effect. I always yeah. tell people, I'm not training you for weight loss. I'm not working with you for weight loss. But, but it that's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. Because just thinking about it that way makes a huge difference. Mm. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is real good. Um, let's see. I guess I'm going to close it okay. with, um, you can just kind of, I, I think, I think you're so great because it's like, <laughs> You, I mean, you have experience, you know, you have the years of knowledge and experience Mm -hmm. and training and educational background, but you also have personal experience, your mother, you know, Mm -hmm. so that woman connection is always there. Like, um, and then you're also, like you said, the A type, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, coach. It's just, I feel like you have so much knowledge and so much that people, you know, I think what you said about your empathy Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is really there. But then also um, what you said about the evidence. Mm -hmm. And I just really appreciate the the way you think and how, like, let's not do these labels. Let's not walk so we can lose weight. Let's not, you know, let's focus on this is the science behind Mm -hmm. this. You know, exercise for movement eat for fuel yeah like i really appreciate that thank like, you that is that's <laughs> i mean that's really yeah. really like 
life changing. I'm so glad for you know for people. I'm so, so glad. I think that's really um, exciting. And you told me about your motivation, which you know, of course, is your family. Mm-hmm. But I also I just want to end it out with, um, what do you want people to know about? Um, you know, I think they did good. You know, you did a good job teaching us about who you are, showing mm-hmm. us who you are. But what do you want people to know about? How they like you're very inspirational. I love your Instagram page. Like <laughs> I love the, the food you pose and just the different tips and mm-hmm. even the family that you you know that you show you show yourself. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And what do you want people to know who may not be um they may not be able to be your client because they're maybe you know they yes. they they may be young. Like I have teenagers mm-hmm. that listen mm-hmm. and I have parents that right. are. Like, Oh, I'm too busy. Yeah. Yes. So what about someone who isn't able to be mm-hmm. your client, but yes. they can follow you on Instagram and, you know, get to know you there. What tips would you give to that person? Just maybe for the holidays. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because we always on this New Year's resolution. Yes. I'm not going right. to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So what with this holiday season, what tips could you give? Well, I'm going to give you a few tips. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing too. Definitely my website. Yes. My goal, the goal of that website, usually I tell my clients, have you visited my website yet? Yes. Because oftentimes I'm giving you the information there. Yes. It's just yes. up to you to actually look at it. And mm-hmm. luckily too, I'm coming up because again, it's that empathy and equity is a big part of it. I want people to have access and be able to do things. Yes. And I realize everyone can't afford, especially now. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is really to put together solutions, programs, resources that people could use for free, mm-hmm. you know, things that people could share. Mm-hmm. All of that is in the running with what I'm doing. So definitely stay tuned for that. And mm-hmm. again, I put a lot of ideas. If you, every picture I, I post, I go into a story. Yes, you do. I usually don't leave you hanging. And no, just kind of, I'm hungry. I want to eat that. Yeah, yeah like, you know, oh, just look at the picture. Look at this cute meal. No, <laughs> yeah, you, I go, you go in. I usually go in. There's a story with everything I That's post. why I asked you to come because yeah. I felt like you you had a lot to give yeah. and it's very interesting. And I try, I do. Mm-hmm. So really what I always tell people is when you're approaching eating and if you could just take this and put it in your pocket, approach eating not in terms of calories, not in terms of what it can do for you. Well, yeah, actually it is kind of what it can do for your body, but <laughs> not really as a short-term strategy. Okay. Approach it like this is what I do. This mm-hmm. is just the way things are. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people don't focus on what you can't do. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you can do. Mm-hmm. You can make an effort to eat four palm sized uh, servings of vegetables mm-hmm. a day. You can do that. Yeah. You can make an effort to eat at least three pieces of fruit. You mm-hmm. can do that. You can make an effort to just not eliminate, but just kind of limit or pay attention to you know the amount of starchy foods you eat just pay attention to it sometimes thinking about it makes a world of difference Mm -hmm. you can pay attention to how much protein you consume you know how much i mean if you have a porterhouse steak you could cut that in four pieces and you don't have to eat like you never eat it again and i also recommend (laughs) that with thanksgiving especially yes let's pretend that we are going to have leftovers Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that you don't have to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. And when you're eating, what I'm saying about to say for Thanksgiving can apply to anything. Experience the food for what it is and not just eat to kind of gluttony and sleep. 
for me, here's something I do. I usually cook at least seven courses. I can cook. Mm-hmm. I cook pretty good. It looks like it. I know, <laughs> I know for sure. I'm like, oh, this looks good. I can cook pretty good. But like, for example, you probably saw the black eyed peas because I got kind of all kind of people emailing me pictures of their black eyed peas <laughs> after I did this. But for black eyed peas, for instance, I didn't just approach black eyed peas as, you know, I got a craving for black eyed peas. I shall get some smoked meat and put them in black eyed peas and eat them. I looked at the black eyed peas as an opportunity to eat other things. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I want some greens in these black eyed peas. Let me make some kale and put it in the black eyed peas. Oh, shoot. You know, this is an opportunity to do tomatoes. Let me cut up some tomatoes mm-hmm. and put it in my black eyed peas. You know, I had some other people said, I want to step ahead of you and did this. I love that. Keep going. Because what I just said to you was the introduction of two servings of something that I told you you could have in those black eyed peas. Mm -hmm. So if you think outside the box like that, you start to think of how can I enjoy my food, but actually have my food have a purpose as well. Did I eat cornbread with that? Yes. Did I eat (laughs) a whole bunch of cornbread with that? No. Mm -hmm. I actually had many corn muffins that Mm -hmm. I eat with it now i'm gonna be honest with you i make these whole grain corn muffins my family hates them so i have to make <laughs> regular corn muffins for them yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i do they told me it tastes like cardboard okay yeah. fine mm-hmm. I, I just some things you can't solve yeah but so i make two batches usually when i make cornbread it's like hey i'm gonna show you that picture it's like half of the red mine and half of theirs okay and so but they're really little so So because I know I might want two corn muffins, I make them smaller so that they're not two like this. Little stuff like that. When it comes to Thanksgiving, you know, I, my husband makes a good lamb roast, but I only eat lamb roast with turkey. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll do lamb roast with yams. Mm -hmm. That's a meal. Okay. Turkey with dressing and something green. That's That's a meal. meal. And I'll eat maybe three meals on Thanksgiving day. But versus it's not just one eating giant plate, plate with three seven times meals on three it. times because yes. some people will do that giant plate three times you I don't have to have you. everything on the plate three times take the foods for what they were because by the way lamb and yams is probably the best combination in solo it, i mean it's great if you mm-hmm. ever want to try that mm-hmm. um but taking those foods and making them different experiences and then at the end of the day that's what i told the family too at the end of the day, you still had all that food. You just had it different. You approached it different. And make sure you're active in the process, not so you can lose weight, not even so you can cancel out the calories, because that's not even the goal. So you can keep your body moving and your insulin at a healthy level mm-hmm. to continue to process the food you're giving to it. And that's any day, not just Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's perfect. That's great. That's that <laughs> great holiday tips. And then also... Great moving into the new year, yeah. You know, lifestyle changes, yes. and never say never again. Okay, please just. I'm not gonna eat after 20. Like, yeah. I love it. I feel sorry for the people at 2019 because everyone was saying they're not doing stuff for 2020. Even 2020, <laughs> the best of us were like, Hey, just for <laughs> I'm about to do stuff. You give me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> never say never again. If 2019 didn't teach you anything, <laughs> yes, you're right about that. It's so much because I did have some cookies on um uh, at night. <laughs> I know. It's late night pancakes. Oh, let me tell bitters. you, my son, he was, um, it's funny because we were, I got, I started liking this Black Lightning show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I I had, and we 
Ben, she's watched, be like, like, all my rules went out the window for a good week. Yeah. And my, and because my husband was just like, let's make cookies and make, I said, it's one o'clock in the morning. I can't do this. <laughs> he was pushing it. I can't do this. But my son comes to me the other day because they have a joke where they say, mommy's trying to lose weight again. Me. Because I'm, you know, I, I'm back. My, 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 my son is older. I can get on the running schedule. I'm running again in spite of my yeah. arthritis. And so, my son was like, I sure miss those cookie black lightning nights. I said, I hope you enjoyed it because it's It's never happening happening again. again. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to slide in there. He did. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. But I never say, you know, I said never, but I'm probably not going to do that again. I said never that time. But I just really, but even having that sort of flexibility in your lifestyle to say, you know, some cookies. Even though they were at 1 o'clock in the morning, are not going to kill me. Yeah, the thing is just the not beating yourself exactly. up. Because like you said, it takes yes. you into a downward spiral. Exactly. And then next thing you know, you had cookies seven nights. Exactly. You're like, because you're, you stressed yourself out. It was in this little sad because I know we have to wrap up. That Nutty Professor movie, oh. when he was watching um, the scene <laughs> with... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When he was like... It was like, you know, it's probably got sad and he was watching uh, Simmons and then he started taking yep. the M&M's yeah, and doing, and like the sadder yes. he got, <laughs> he knows, the he knows. more he yes. ate. And that is so That's how we do. True. It's really how we do. And you really have to watch how you talk to yourself and how you think in order to stop that from happening. That is good. <laughs> that is good. I know. I know. I said this. I promise this is the last thing. <laughs> but you know, I, I, because I teach high yeah, school, yeah. and so a lot. Like I said, a lot of the following there in college mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. first year of college. What would you say about that? Because body image is such a big oh, deal for yes. young mm, girls, mm-hmm. especially because all they know is social media. Yes. You know, we're opposed to us. We didn't like grow up with social That's media. Right. So we had magazines and mm-hmm. stuff like that or, you know, music videos. But right. This is constantly in your face yes. all day long. It is. <sighs> it's funny you should <laughs> say that because I actually have... Um, I've been working with more teenage girls Mm -hmm. because a lot of the young ladies have gained weight Mm -hmm. um, with COVID, staying Mm -hmm. home from school. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Some of them had healthier habits Mm -hmm. at school than they do at home. Okay. Because the food is always around. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is their mothers are the ones coming to me, not them. Mm -hmm. Because their mothers are saying, I don't know how to tell her. That she's getting bigger. I don't want her to feel bad. You know, Mm. it's that sort of thing. So I've actually been thinking about this a lot and what I can do, even in the form of having some kind of seminars or focus groups where I can talk to uh, teenage girls or girls at college age. What I generally say, just to kind of uh, narrow it down, is I, I am very much into having a positive view of your body. Mm-hmm. I actually had to learn that myself because I was put on bed rest while I was pregnant with my son. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching spinning spinning classes and running Mm -hmm. in one day Okay. with my eating habits. So I was very much so so just the act of not doing that, I was gaining weight Mm -hmm. even without changing anything. And I actually... And I posted a lot about this when I was pregnant. As a matter of fact, I had a lot of people say, I like the pregnant Nina. She posts more about body stuff than she ever did. Mm -hmm. And I did. Because I started to empathize more Mm -hmm. with women who are saying, you know, I, 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 
basically there's a self-love aspect to it. I'm a certain size. I'm never going to take a picture again because I'm a certain size. I actually was going there. Don't take a picture of me. Yeah. Then finally I said, no, take a picture of me mm-hmm. because I need to be seen like this. And I bought some pants in bigger sizes because I said, I want to, you know, and as I lost weight, I considered it a journey. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was a waste of money to buy clothes that were a little bigger because I wanted to love myself because there's a story at every size. Yeah. Now, that's one thing. What I don't like is there. there's an unhealthy side to that where I get it. We want our girls to love themselves. Mm-hmm. But I also know that in a teenage adolescent years is when the body is most susceptible to becoming dangerously over fat because the bodies are still growing. So what a lot of people don't realize is we have fat cells. Mm-hmm. If you ever heard a big bone child versus a small, I don't like the terms, but in order to explain it to people mm-hmm. or, or big bone, big bones is even the wrong term, but I'll use it to say we have fat cells in the mm-hmm. body. I'm going to take something real complex and try to make it simple. You have people that are born with more fat cells, more volume, mm-hmm. just more fat cells. These are the kids we say are more prone to weight gains because they just have more fat cells. Okay. I was probably one of those children because I was also obese when I was young. Oh, okay. I was. And so more fat cells, if I have more fat cells than you have, then I'm I'm at a disadvantage kind of already. Yeah. Now, you also have fat cell size. So even if you have less fat cells, but your fat cells grow, they're going to take up more volume. Mm. Now, if you have fat cells that grow, the dilemma is they don't shrink. They grow. And they become oversized. Mm-hmm. When you have an oversized fat cell, whenever you empty it out, it's always going to want to eat again mm-hmm. or fill up again. When you have growing children, which is why childhood obesity is such a problem. When you have growing children, they're more susceptible. Their things are easily adaptable. Easily so they're growing just growing, getting, growing, yeah. growing, growing. So now you have a child who may have had more fat cells to begin with, and now they're all overstretched. And then you say, go lose weight. Mm. That child is at a disadvantage. Everything they do is not working. Mm -hmm. And they have really, and they're really stuck. And it's going to take a lot of work for this child who never even had a chance. Mm -hmm. So when I look at people saying, my child is just big boned, or, you know, my girl is going to love herself for where she is, that's fine. But we really have to think about what we feed our children. So think about as a woman, as long as your body is growing, you're more susceptible. And if you think about it that way, it makes you at least more mindful Mm -hmm. of the things you eat and even more mindful of a potential conversation you can have with your daughter. And what I've learned with my son who gains no weight at all, and this is the biggest one because I have to explain to him why he can't just eat anything. Yeah. Because... Well, my trick with him is his face. Yeah. You know, when he gets acne, I'm like, ah, looks like that's that candy bar you snuck. You know, I get him with that. (laughs) But it's very difficult, you know, to talk to kids in that way. But we don't give our kids credit for how smart they actually are. Mm -hmm. If you explain to the child or show the child, talk to the child, have the conversations, even with the older, older, the kids get the better because they understand. If you have a real conversation as to why things are the way they are, Mm -hmm. that's what I've been doing with the teenage girls. Yeah, they can get it. They get it. It clicks. Mm -hmm. And, And guess what? I never use the word weight. 
And it's no judgment. No judgment. So Because that, I have a no judgment zone, a yeah, no judgment policy. I can tell. And usually my first question when I work with a teenage girl, because I only work with the teenagers uh, with their parents' permission. And usually my first question is, even regardless of what the mother or father told me, I said, do you, so, so how do you feel about your weight? Yeah. Because some girls will say, I like my size. Or some girls may say, well, you know, I don't. But mm-hmm. And you wouldn't believe how open they are to talking about it if you don't say. So this is how you lose weight. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Ask them how Because that they immediately feel. says, oh my God, like I'm not good enough yes, already. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But th- how do you feel about your figure? Chances are they don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you'll get the young ladies that say, you know, I'd like it. I feel like it could be a little neater. Yeah. <laughs> I've had the most interesting answers. But that's a conversation that needs to be had. And it's very difficult to have the conversation with media. But I'm actually more concerned about girls wearing full face than I am weight right now. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like double full. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, uh... That's a lot of work for school because we didn't have to do. As a matter of fact, yes. I recall getting uh, spanked for coming back with eyeliner on. And, <laughs> I mean, it was really like, is that eyeliner? Here's a piece of tissue, and yeah. I had to wipe it off in front of my mother. So that's mm-hmm. the stuff I'm used to. These girls have contours and everything. <laughs> and now, I literally, it's been a girl. She had a whole little set up and I'm like whoa, oh god we only have four classes like we're not doing that not today oh I can imagine the stuff you see yes 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 well I'm just uh, I'm so thankful that you came no it was my pleasure such great information thank such you such great information I appreciate it so we're just gonna tell them one more time you know this is um Miss Nina, you said Sheree. Nina Sheree, Sheree Franklin, Franklin. Mm-hmm. and her um Instagram is what N.C. Franklin, mm-hmm. Ph.D. This is great. Yes. So um, be sure to check her out. And thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate the invite. Right. And it's been fun. It has been. <laughs>